You're listening to The Private Citizen, a podcast for people who like to think for themselves. This is episode 142 for Friday, the 3rd of February, 2023. I saw the future in Dubai. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm your host, as usual, coming to you from Düsseldorf in Germany. Um from the Fab Industries podcasting studios. I am um, not recording this podcast um, live before an audience as I usually do. This is because, yeah, scheduling. I just wanted to um, to get a show out. I don't really, didn't have, uh, you know, I was kind of um, taking notes uh, f- for the show uh, on the road and it didn't have time to prepare a, a live stream so I thought it was more important to get a podcast out um, than to do the episode live um, this will probably also um, apply to the to the next episode um, yeah I was I was uh, on the road there for a while and uh, I'm, I'm back and um, I am of course planning on Sunday uh, on the 5th I'm going to do the 3rd anniversary episode of the show um, where I'm going to as, as I said I'm going to talk about a little bit of my background as a journalist and how I came to do the show um, but I wanted to get a show out um, before that to you because um, I was actually um, in Dubai uh, for about a week and um, I you know I have plans for shows um, you know we have to do the, um, the, the Twitter files shows that I've already uh, announced there's some other ideas I have um, that have all got written down but um, did this uh, trip kind of left um, it was uh, it was very interesting and it and it left kind of an impression on me and I've in the week there um, I noticed a few things that I really want to talk about on the show because I think they they do apply um, to all of us so that's what we're going to do today um, on Sunday, I'm going to do the anniversary show and then I'm going to get back to, you know, the, the episodes I'd announced beforehand. Um, because I have done um, the preparation kind of on the road, um, the show notes, if you go to privatecitizen.press, where you will, as always, find the show notes for the show. This time I just... Uh, a picture of my of my notebook people uh, who've been listening to the show for a long time will know that I do this once in a while um, I just didn't have the time to um, type it type it off again but you know um, I still wanted to give you the show notes and the stuff I've written down so you can kind of see how the show comes along it's kind of the show's kind of open source you know um, I give you all the all the um, uh, links and everything and, and all the sources so you can uh, evaluate stuff um, for yourself. And if the show's just based on me writing down my ideas, then I at least give you the raw form of that. I thought, you know, that's that's the least I can do. Anyway, um, yeah, with that out of the way, we should probably get into the meat of the episode here. Um, so yeah, sorry for uh, skipping the week there, but um, you, you, now you know why. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was busy. Um, so I uh, I flew uh, for about a week. Um, I flew to uh, Dubai 
to visit uh, or take part in a uh, wedding by some friends. Um, interestingly, a Syrian wedding, um, which was actually the first uh, Arabic uh, uh, wedding I've ever been to, which was a very, very interesting experience. Uh, there was lots of singing, lots of dancing. Oh my God, so much dancing, just nonstop dancing. Um, it was quite amazing. Um, I mean, I like to do trips. Uh, I like to visit other countries. Uh, for the you know it's it's interesting but also you know you learn something about uh, other cultures a little bit and also about in in the process about your own culture and actually on this trip i had a lot of things that um occurred to me um i think one of the reasons was that i wasn't um distracted by my phone <laughs> um because um yeah, um, well, I'll, I'll get into that in, in a little bit. But we basically, we went there for the wedding, um, you know, with uh, some, some, some family, um, of, of the, of the groom. We, uh, we know the groom, um, and then of course the, the bride's, uh, family was all, also there and they were all like the two Syrian, uh, families. Interestingly, there were some, um, <laughs> actually some relations of, of Steve Jobs there, which I, which I found, uh, well, you know, distant relations but um from his actual parents not you know his adopted parent um he he was he was born uh to a uh a, i think his father was syrian um i think his mother was like german um but you know uh anyway that that was kind of interesting um um so yeah so lots of new experiences and i didn't have uh my phone because um, due to uh, the uh, press freedom situation in the United Arab Emirates, um, I didn't bring my phone uh, because, you know, I'm a freelance journalist and I only have one phone. Um, I can't um, separate my work life from my private life, basically. Um, I have actually haven't uh, figured out how that actually works under the um, uh, GDPR, really. But, like, I can't really separate those things in my normal life so i can't also i can't do that on my phone so i treat my phone as my work phone you know my iat security um privacy kind of um uh approach to my phone is that it's my work phone and that it has source information on there and all kinds of privileged uh, material that i can't give into other people's hands um you know, legally as well, um, well as well as morally, but largely also legally. Um, so uh, yeah, there was really no question of bringing my phone um, into a country like this. So um, what I did, I bought a cheap Android burner phone, and then um, also couldn't, of course install many of the apps i couldn't install any of the messengers you know otherwise i would have had to wipe them i mean you know they have phone number dependent i just switched my sim card right so i i didn't want to like reset everything i wanted to come home and then my phone be as it was um i didn't want to take any of these accounts to the other phone uh, in case the other phone got compromised so um yeah, so I basically uh, I installed only a few apps on there, like non-mission critical stuff, like you know Spotify and and Audible <laughs> and um, Google Maps, uh, and I installed some offline maps. I also wasn't online there, um, only in 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 the hotel Wi-Fi sometimes, but like you know I I really didn't use my phone a lot, um, which was very relaxing. Um, I didn't bring a computer, of course, either. 
Um, so I only had like my notebook, my paper notebook, and uh, that I always travel with. And um, yeah, it was very. This, I like to do holidays like this. You know, I spend. I'm I'm on the computer every day, so this is very relaxing to me once in a while. And I used to have it. Used to be hard for me. Um, it used to be kind of a change, and now it's I. I I um I've done this a few times like on the motorbike tours with my dad and stuff like that and um on other holidays so I I slip into this um non-digital basically non-digital kind of lifestyle very easily and it's it's actually a hallmark of of, of me actually being on holiday now um but so I had a I had like this brain space i think to think about things also you're in a different country um you, you have your eyes open things are um you have different customs you need to observe right this is an arabic country uh, very different customs and rules and you don't want to fall foul of them and everything's interesting so um yeah so i i made many observations and i kind of i kind of feel like um i've seen a little bit of the future in dubai and um i don't mean that positively um i've seen a possible future that could like this or similarly happen to countries uh where you know where, where most of the listeners of the show are also uh, from or or live um you know like germany uh, other parts of europe the uk um canada the us um there are things happening in our societies that go in a direction that I kind of recognize some stuff over there. Um, and that worried me a little bit. I have another episode um, that I have planned that I want to do here soon as well. But, you know, we're going to get the Twitter files out of the way first, I think. But maybe, I don't know. I have this idea for an episode um, which is kind of titled The End of Enlightenment, um, which I'm going to talk a little bit about, like, where our society is going and what I'm seeing. And this, this will, some of this will probably overlap with that. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll tie into that in a, in a future episode. But, um, let's get into, um, some of the observations I made. So one thing I found, found very interesting. So I've, I've traveled all around the world. Um, but I've never, um, been in a, um, Muslim country for, extended amounts of time not that i can remember uh, maybe as a kid but you know not since i've been like thinking and 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 actively uh philosophizing about things um and you know the uae is not a very strict muslim country but you know it's still under um different laws than we would be used to and so i i've seen very different countries but like i've never had been in this kind of society and one of the things um, that struck me over there is how most people um, seem to be very willing to give up significant freedoms, right? We talk about civil liberties and, and personal freedoms on the show a lot. And um, how people are willing to give those up for basically a bit of comfort and luxury. Um, I've, I've talked about this show a lot, how people here in Europe, um, especially in the last few years, um, seem to be very willing to give up freedoms to feel safe. And that was something that I, um, that I've been aware of, uh, for, for decades, you know, ever since I studied history, that, that is in a nutshell, I think how Hitler came to power in Germany, um, basically in a very difficult time, he basically 
in a silly way, but one that was believable to people at the time, promised people to be safe, right? He, which sounds weird because he then started World War II, but if you think about it, he created an artificial enemy for people and then braced all of society against that, which got the part of society that um, he didn't want to chase away or kill basically uh, closer together right this idea of, of folk of belonging together and that made people feel safe uh, even due, during World War II which is absurd but I think that's how the human psyche works so I knew that um, but I've I haven't been aware so aware how people will also give up a lot of freedom if they if they in other respects have a good life right if you if you live in dubai it's it's a very nice city um it's it's very clean and uh, it's it's very um um civilized um it has many many of the amenities uh, and and that we used to from western cities even more huge malls uh, great public transport system you know everybody's driving around in big cars um it's it's you know it's lots of luxury going on there um but you know i for example i couldn't live there there's specific um freedoms for example that you just don't have you know because of the rules they have and i don't really want to when i say this i don't i'm not judging this right um i'm I'm just observing as an as an outsider. Um, I mean, I couldn't live under those rules. So one significant rule, for example, is because it's a Muslim country, is that you can't. I mean, for example, um, women there can, especially tourists, can for a large part just walk around like they didn't have to wear, didn't have to cover their hat. Like we went almost all over the city, and uh, my wife uh, never uh, covered her head, and then we didn't get any comments or anything or even looks. Um, it was actually uh, quite, you know, quite normal, really, uh, for us. But, you know, you can't, for example, you're not allowed uh, to display affection in public. So, you know, I couldn't, like, kiss my wife. You can kind of hold hands, but that's it. Like, you can't you can't touch each other, which I didn't realize. Some things you take for granted so much that you only notice when they're gone, right? Um, so I hadn't actually noticed how much our... Um, relationship is based on these kind of like just touching each other like lovingly um, I mean we don't we work very both of us work a lot so we don't actually spend that much time together and I, I, I tend to realize that um, the time we spend we do spend together we're actually um, very close and, and we tend to value that time I did know that but I didn't realize how when we're in public how we actually um, have these little displays of affection that I only noticed that when I was actively preventing myself to do that. Um, and I actually uh, started this kind of maybe a little bit cute habit of just telling my wife what I would have done um, in this moment had I uh, been allowed to, you know, I would like, you know, I would have touched your neck at this point or whatever, um, which I guess, um, you know, was kind of okay because nobody really understood what we we're saying there anyway, I think. Um, so that kind of worked and this really surprised me uh, because you know we're now um, next month we're, to we're together for 21 years it's not like we're <laughs> we're in love uh, we're like freshly in love right? we're, we are in love but not, not not you know what I mean like freshly in love um, so yeah that was that was interesting and um, 
And just based on that little, that's like a little bit of freedom that I didn't even, when you live in Germany, you don't even think of that as freedom. You just take that for granted. And um, I realized that I couldn't live like that. Like I couldn't live for a significant amount of time in a country like that. Um, and um, I am amazed how many people put up with that. And we're not talking over there. Like we're not talking what I'm, I'm not talking about people that are um, uh, you know, born in the United um, Arab Emirates. I, I basically didn't see any Emirati. I don't think or the whole week I maybe saw one or two. Um, I mean, there were several people dressed in the traditional dress, but I don't think there were actually Emiratis. Um, so, I mean, it's it's amazing enough for me if you're like from a mus other Muslim country and you live there. Um, I don't know, let's say you're from Syria, for example, or um, you know, there's lots of people from Pakistan there, but then there's people from India there, right? Um, who, a large part, are not Muslim, and there are lots of Euro Europeans living there. Like you know, there's lots of. There were several waitresses in in the hotel and in in cafes that sound like they were just you know from Wimbledon where I used to live. They thought they could have worked in a cafe down the down the street. It was actually quite amazing. Um, but like, so there's lots of people who are willing, who are not used to this, like me, who are willing to put up with this kind of stuff, um, you know, to have a good job and and to live in, in comfort and, and luxury, which I kind of um, found amazing. And this is, of course, something that, you know, um, with with the pandemic we've, we've seen in Europe as well for other reasons, but people are um, seem to be um, relatively quick to give, give up things you you know until three four years ago uh, i would have taken it for granted living in germany um that i can wear in public whatever i want right yeah i kind of have to wear something i can't walk around the street naked but like i don't have to wear a certain headdress i don't have to cover my mouth i don't have to cover my hair um this was something that we took for granted which which went away and this all kind of like makes me makes me think about this. It made me think about this a lot, and um, how how people they don't like they don't seem to value the um, most people when I talk to them don't seem like not not even I'm not even talking Dubai now I'm talking generally now right um, lots lots of people not only from Germany of when I talk. To them over the internet, you know, from the US, maybe not so much from the US, but from the UK and from Europe a lot. Um, most people don't seem to um, value um, like the um, the ideals, maybe I would say, of, of, of freedom so much, right? They're generally outspoken that they think that a democratic society has to have personal freedoms, but they're okay with certain personal freedoms taking taken away for certain reasons and this kind of um does worry me um because like their arguments are only really weird they're always like to me you know and we talked about this on the show before and i think a lot of you uh, who've been listening and you know a lot of the, the producers have been writing me about these kind of things feel kind of the same as as me but i think we do seem to be in the minority. Like, you know, um, 
these people don't seem to understand that you can have any arbitrary reason. And it's like, um, you know, when it was like the, you know, the, the pandemic and the, the virus, they were just like, yeah, 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 we are all for basically, we're all for freedom, right? But like, this is a really good reason. So, so now we have to, like, in this regard, we have to change this kind of thing. And what worries me about that is that the reason seems to be interchangeable, right? You can, I, I've said before how you can, like, even before the war in Ukraine, I went to, like, um, you know, climate change, there will be reasons to, you know, take your freedom away based on you know what seems to be good reasoning based on climate change and now it's the war in ukraine now it's like you you know you have to i don't know turn your lights off at certain times or you know curtail your heating or whatever um because what seems to be like a good reason and that's that's the problem i'm not i've never thought of myself as a very idealistic person but i've learned something in 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 history and politics in university and that's basically there is a reason societies have things like constitutions and ideals and it is this because when you're close to a situation um and there's reasons that reason might seem fine but uh it can lead to bad just bad things you know, down the road, right? The Germans that brought Hitler to power didn't realize what was going to happen. In the situation, it could have been argued for many people in many situations, it was actually some of the things that happened were quite reasonable. It seemed reasonable. It seemed, you know, it seemed to be a a very bad situation. It seemed reasonable to elect somebody who was promising change or whatever, right? When you're close to these kind of things, it's often... um, like you're not you can't humans can't they don't work like this you can't overview the situation calmly that's not how people work and that's why in in societies and in states we have these rules that that we set that we we say we won't change it doesn't matter what situation um and i think we're losing sight of that i think because you know we've lived in peace um and largely harmony for so long in europe um, and in the U.S. also, um, that we are we, we're losing the understanding of that. So that that's one of the things I noticed. Uh, another thing was just um, because I didn't have a mobile phone, 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 mobile phone. Didn't have a mobile phone. That's going to be a thing in the future. Mobile phone. I just invented that, right? I want I want money once they come up with what that actually is, <laughs> um, because I didn't have my phone and didn't have my apps that I usually use, I started to notice more than usual how reliant, especially, uh, you know, in Dubai, um, the, the the society is on apps and stuff. There were like several um, companies or um, service people, right? We, 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 we wanted to them to provide a service who like asked us for WhatsApp. And I said, no, I don't have WhatsApp. And they looked at me like I just said, uh, I'm, 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 from, I'm from the medieval times. Um, uh, what is elect- electricity? right? And they couldn't even comprehend that somebody would not have, um, would not have WhatsApp. Um, and and it, that this went so far that 
we in you know dubai has a, a pretty good metro system which we use but it's 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 limited and if you want to it's like dubai is basically um along a very long road and that's where the metro runs along that's where most of the city is along this road but then there's some things that branch off if you want to go there some of the stuff you can't reach uh by the metro so you know we had to use taxis um and so we were at the hotel and we asked them you know can you call us a taxi they were you, you go outside and uh the people will help you and there was somebody there at basically a taxi stand but they didn't call taxis they just waited for somebody to arrive with the taxi and then told them that you wanted a taxi um and that was weird and then we went to a restaurant for a party and we wanted to go home and we asked the restaurant if they can call a taxi and there were like three four young people standing around you know getting people to their tables or whatever uh matrides or whatever um and they nobody knew how to call, they, they didn't know how to call a taxi and we're like can you can't you ring them no no you use an app and i'm like we don't have the app we can't use this well we can't help you and i don't think it's this far yet in germany because germany is lots of people here think germany is backwards i'm i'm Germany's a bit conservative with these kind of things, and, I'm, and the, the more the older I get, the more I think that's sometimes not bad because that kind of situation is just dumb. Um, I actually wrote about that today um, as well, and I kind of likened it to um, people like, and, and it it would be as if in the moment where the microwave was invented, people forgot how to use pans, and then you were like, I want to make a pancake in a pan, and they're like, what a pan? What is that even? Like we can't, we don't have that anymore, right? Um, it's a bit. I, it's not the best analogy because you know there's lots of things you can do better in a pan and a microwave, but generally, it's kind of you know it's it's weird. You still have a phone. You have phone numbers. Why can't you ring a taxi? Why does everybody have to have WhatsApp or that one app, right? The, the the problem I see there is not only like the privacy problems, which obviously in the UAE are, uh, are huge because they don't have the GDPR or stuff like that, um, but also like people think that this is progress, and it it is a kind of progress, but we're not going from a technology to a new technology. We're not going. We invented the microwave. We have a new technology here. We are going from a technology on the mobile phone, which is like calling somebody, to an app, and we're going to specific apps. The problem is not we're going to tech, we're we're making our we don't even make our society dependent on a certain technology, which happens, right? You invent invent electricity, of course. You know, a few years later, everything's dependent on electricity. I can understand that, but we're making them beholden to a company, right? It's like. Um, it's actually kind of like in the beginning when they invented railways and then you only had, you know, in the US, for example, you only had like one company or two. And that's really dangerous. And we haven't like learned from that. We may, we're doing that every time somebody comes along with a new technology. There's actually an episode I want to do at some point as well um, where um, I want to talk about... Um, I actually read about this, believe it or not. Um, I'm currently listening to a book that I've, I've read a long time ago, which is silly. It's, you know, the Horus Heresy. It's like Warhammer, uh, uh, Bolter Porn bullshit. But, like, there's some intelligent stuff in there. And uh, there's, like, some 
situation where Horus, uh, Warmaster Horus, who, who uh, you know, in the end turns out to be the, he, he becomes the most evil guy uh, in the galaxy at some point. Uh, but like at this point, he's still good. And he remarks on how people mistake um how people mistake change for progress right how and and i was thinking about this along the same lines and i actually want to do an episode about that as well like people today things change and there is an uh, a large proportion of people which i guess i used to belong to as well um maybe 20 years ago when i was very young and very excited about everything technology um, something change and they think it's progress. So uh, an easy example that I always mention is, you know, I have an iPhone. I have an iPhone 7, which is an old iPhone. I'm using this into the ground because I don't want to buy new stuff when I don't really need it. And it has the home button, right, which has the fingerprint sensor. And I think that's awesome technology. I like to have this phone to have a button um, that I can just press. That's amazing. And the fingerprint reader works. I can just press the button and it biometrically locks you in. And Apple, for some stupid reason, which people think is progress, changed, got away, made away with this button and, and went to Face ID, right? And Face ID doesn't really work. It, it, it works, but it doesn't work as well as this button. As the fingerprint reader. And then also you don't have the button. And that's actually, I know people who installed an app so they have a button again. And that is not progress. That is change. It 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 has not made things better. Um, Apple says this to, or people who defend Apple say it's to make the screen bigger, but it's totally idiotic because, like, yeah, my iPhone has like black bars at the top and the bottom, but that's you know, um, it's kind of handy to hold it anyway. So it's, it's it's handy to have a part of the phone that you can grab onto without actuating the screen, and like that little bit screen real estate doesn't do anything. Right? It doesn't really help. So, um, And I think this is because of, of PR bullshit by tech companies who basically run out of ideas, uh, sensible ideas to change their products because, but because they're tech companies and they have to make everything new all the time. Um, and this is not only phone manufacturers, it's people like NVIDIA who make graphics cards and stuff. They come up with stuff that is basically idiotic or just gizmos or things nobody really needs Um they change their product in some way and then they make it sound like they have PR that makes it sound like this is progress, but often it isn't. But I'm going to go into that deeper in, an, in another episode. Um, and yeah, I was talking about the, the privacy, uh, like the, the thing with Dubai is there's like basically no, like there's cameras everywhere. Um, and uh, there's even like, you know, of course, you you go in automated automated border control, um, and they they scan your face when they go when you go in, and they probably have your picture everywhere, right? And they can they do face recognition everywhere when you drive with a car into like a parking garage. There's like these bright lights that shine in your face, and they they do uh, face recognition. And you know we don't we were not there in Europe. We have you know we have laws like the GDPR. But then you know I travel back and I cross the German border, and there used to be a guy in a booth checking your passport, and they don't do that anymore any any anyway either. Like you have autom all these automatic scanner machines now as well. Um, and even though you know, I presume you know this is because it's the German government; they have to kind of fucking adhere to the GDPR. I presume they're doing that, but it's the government, so there's also exceptions from that. And you know, the the thing that worries me is that all the we're putting all the 
the the the machinery in place right so so you could at some point you could still change the laws it's not like data protection is enshrined in the constitution really um so it's coming uh over here as well um and that yeah that worries me but we talked about you know these kinds of issues on on the show before just some some observations i want to um i just it's it's interesting to see um to be in a society that just doesn't care about these kind of things um that and it's it's extremely weird it's a society society that is governed by a religion you know that says you should cover up and you could should cover your body especially if you're a woman so that people don't um you know see parts of your body that they shouldn't see like your hair but that is then completely okay with scanning everybody's face all the time and taking pictures of everybody at every possible uh in every possible situation it is it is weird um and of course i have um i have an issue with this um just to quickly explain this so people who haven't listened to the show for long i'm a i'm a very anti-religious person which doesn't mean you know I, I i believe in personal freedoms so i believe everybody should have the right to live their life as they want and i've mentioned this before i kind of treat religion like i treat sexual kinks right i don't care what consulting ad adults do in the privacy of their home Right? And that's why I believe in privacy. So they can do this and nobody can see them and nobody even has to care because nobody knows. That's the great thing about privacy. Um, but I do um, do not like religion to enter, you know, my the public life, uh, the st especially the state um, govern um, laws and stuff like that. Now, I, I understand you know, that countries like the UAE um, are like that. And I, I respect that. And if I travel there, I will respect their laws um, because that is what you do. Um, and I'm totally okay for these countries to have these laws and for people living there um, to have these laws. Um, I just don't understand them. And I don't want, um, you know, my country to be like that um, because... That is not like that's not the basis we erected our state on, right? And I I I, I, I treat every religion that way. Um, I don't like Christianity. I don't I don't like any any religion over any other. Um, and you know, I just want to point out personally. I think you can do whatever you want. I don't really um, really care. I just feel like why I think this is relevant is that we're getting this kind of thing here as well. I mean, there's some things I haven't talked about on the show, but that I found interesting. Um, you know, there have been some things recently in the U.S. where um, there was, a, I think there was an, a history art class or whatever at the university, um, and they were showing some picture that, that showed Muhammad, you know, the, the, the prophet in some, um, it was like some old Persian, very classic Persian art, and then some people objected to that, who were like believing, you know, m Muslims, and... Um, And, and then we actually, I think the teacher was fired and then the university was also kind of like, yeah, we don't want to do that. Um, you know, we kind of want to respect people's religion. And I have an issue with that because I don't think we should. 
um, especially in university when it's about learning, we should not respect people's religion there. I actually think, you know, we, we shouldn't respect it in a public um, space. Um, I think you should do, you should be allowed to do whatever you want. Like, I mean, don't understand me wrong. We should respect people's religion, but there's a, people seem, people these days seem to, especially here in Germany, um, seem to assume that respect has no borders. Respect has, to me, respect has limits, a very specific limits. Like I, um, you know, I respect, if you, if you, if, if your religion says you have to like sit down, whatever, right now in public and pray, do whatever you want. I don't care as long as you're not like, you know, if you're in my way, I just walk around you. I don't, I don't care. Right. Um, that, that is okay. Um, I just don't think it should be able to govern like learning and universities or laws right um like you know in in you know in the country where i just visited i mean it's okay it's, for me it's i think it's okay I, I i wasn't forced to go to dubai i wanted to go there so i can respect their laws but i just don't want don't want that to um happen in my daily life uh where i live and i feel people are 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 weirdly um illogical about that especially over here right they say often these days they say oh we must respect people's religion and if they want to do and 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 they say that when it comes to religion but it's like to me because i'm not you know i don't believe in god i don't believe in anything so to me religion is basically an opinion right and i treat religion as i treat my respect towards that extends to like it would for somebody to have an opinion um, so to me, if somebody says, okay, I, I believe in God and this is why I need to, like, uh, I want to cover my hair, I feel like, okay, to me that is silly, but if you want to do that, it's like somebody saying, I don't believe the, the SARS-CoV-2 exists and so I don't have to wear a mask. Now, what I find interesting is here where I live in Germany, and I think this extends to lots of Europe and to some parts of the US, um, it, is, it is okay for somebody to say, okay, my religion says my wife has to cover her hair or I have to cover my hair, whatever. Um, then they go, yeah, okay, that's that's okay. But but when somebody says, uh, my opinion is that this coronavirus doesn't exist, um, they're like, well, that's just an opinion. You still have to wear a mask. You can't, like, your opinion does not entitle you to not wear a mask. Um, which is weird because the opinion that the coronavirus does not exist is uh is is per se to me uh, as somebody who's you know who's grown up uh in a in an enlightened environment and uh, i believe in in you know and in, in, i believe my parents tried to you know teach me uh, the ways of science as, as much as they could and then i went to university you know in in an environment like that um saying that I believe in an invisible force in the sky that governs all of our lives. And because of that, I can't touch my wife in public is about as silly. Um, it's like the same kind of level to me. Um, it's, it's like a very off the wall conspiracy theory to me. Basically. So basically God to me is a conspiracy theory, but I, I respect people of having that opinion and, you know, wanting to live their life in another way. Um, but I, I just find it weird that 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 kind of thing is is is, is, is you know is is um, is okay, and then um, you know 
saying I don't want to wear a mask because I believe X, Y, Z. That is is not okay. And then you have to be forced to wear a mask. Now people will say, yeah, you know, danger and whatever health danger, but like, to me, that's that is just an example, right? That that, that is not. Um, that 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 is an argument but it's really not like on a as, as i've talked about on the show often in the past i think on a societal level i don't think the danger is high enough that that's actually a um an argument um but you know that is just a just an example that occurred to me um that could probably i don't know i don't don't have one um on top of my head right now but i mean um there, there could be others, but you, I kind of treat these things. Um, or I mean, I mean, climate change would be another one, right? You could just say, um, I don't want all these rules. I don't think this all makes sense because I don't think climate change exists. Um, and people who say that in society right now, where I live, are, are like outcasts. They'll be laughed out of like they can't say that. They couldn't sit in a TV talk show and say that. Right, where somebody can wear a weird dress and a weird hat and say, Well, I, I do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe I will be reborn, you know, when I die. Um, when if you look at it on the face of it, the scientific um justification for that kind of thing is 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 way less than saying well i have the theory that man-made climate change doesn't exist i think you'd be be much easier to to make compelling arguments for that uh scientifically than for uh saying you know there, there was a guy two thousand years ago who died and then was reborn um yeah so i kind of you know that this kind of this kind of behavior is weird to me. And I think this double thing is the only way I can to, to describe that. This kind of double thing is is the danger. This is what will cause um, changes in our society, right? So when I say, kind of saw the future in Dubai, um, when I talk about like, you know, letting go of civil liberties um, over there, it's for religious reasons. I don't believe over here it will be for religious reasons. But if you can compartmentalize your brain in a way that you can hold both the ideas that you know somebody who says climate change doesn't exist is ridiculous and 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 must be expunged from society and is an idiot and you know but people who believe in in Jesus Christ are totally okay and just normal people if you can if you can hold those two ideas in in your brain then you can also um you know i i think you're in danger of 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 having people talk you into giving up um your civil liberties for 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 reasons i mean i i see that with with the climate change debate i mean this is why i am so vehemently uh opposed to a lot of um climate uh activists especially because um, you know, it started with, I think I got aware of this with Greta Thunberg a few years ago, who like said at a protest in Germany that, you know, that the, what, what we're doing against man-made climate change is too slow. Um, and so the, uh, our institutions are demo basically what she said is that our demographic democratic institutions are too slow, uh, and we need change, uh, across that. And and to me, that's when my alarm bell started ringing. I was like, these people are anti-democratic um, because it doesn't matter what your goal is. 
um, I've, I've said this before, when you were a, uh, an, a, a very, I would always ca almost call them fanatic person, when, you, when your whole life is, is, is geared towards reaching a, a certain goal or thinking that you have to do a certain thing, which is also a crossover to religion sometimes, um, then you lose perspective and you always think that what you're doing is right. Right. And, and this is how all, you know, this is how the communists, um, started the whole thing in Russia, <laughs> you know, uh, about a hundred years ago. Um, they were also convinced what they were doing was right for humanity. They were so convinced that it was right for humanity that they shot a lot of people. Um, and that's always the danger. Um, so I see, see like this change coming and i don't know if it's going to be climate change based which, which certainly isn't a problem in dubai <laughs> i mean i've never seen that many cars in my life i think and i mean we were there this is actually quite amazing we had like three days of rain uh when we got there which is like they haven't seen in like 10 years so it was it was actually like relatively cold so i didn't see there like the all the air cons running but normally there's there's air cons running 24 7 there so that's certainly not the, the aspect. This societal change is happening over there, but I think it might be over here. And I don't know, like I don't know if it's going to happen or how, but I like I just see parallels there that I see over here as well that 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 worry me. And one of the things while we're talking about the rain is just, of course, they don't have like a what I would call a functioning free press over there, right? Which is the whole reason I didn't take my phone. Um, so you have like this takes several um aspects right i noticed a lot of pr bullshit over there like companies basically promising things that were basically not true <laughs> you know which is almost like kind of a in a rip-off thing when you think you know you know it's kind of like the old prejudice you go into a country like in the in the orient and they just like rip you off but it was kind of like the modern thing where there were kind of like over promising everything and i could tell you know i'm a, I'm, I'm as a journalist i'm kind of trained in being skeptical and i kind of see, i can see from the ad that it's already not true but it seems to be like less in check than over here um you know it seemed to be and i i assume this is because the press is not fulfilling that function um because usually you have the the, the press counts as propaganda right and calls um um, companies out on this kind of thing and of course also the government which over there you cannot do at all so one interesting thing is like of course at the wedding before the wedding we were at the party and they were very worried that it was going to rain because of course they already had the party was going to be in I think some relative's garden and they couldn't do that because it was actually it was piercing down like they couldn't like the, the streets were on the water obviously they have no sewage so they had to kind of pump it all up you know off the road with like trucks which took like days so they were not prepared so um they were like oh my god the wedding uh it's going to be a problem because it was obviously outside um it, the wedding was actually in the in in the garden of the waldorf astoria uh hotel on on palm jumeirah which was kind of amazing um but like they were they were really worried um of course uh the, the day where the wedding happened was actually the first sunny day and that was all fine it was a, it was a great wedding um but like in the in the you know, in the discussions before, there were many people saying, well, there was basically the rumor that the government had, like, had seeded these clouds. And I was very skeptical because I'd read about cloud seeding before, and 
I was under the impression that it really didn't work. Of course, I actually my wife did some research, um, and it seems to be like I knew the thing where they kind of salt the clouds. I think NASA NASA was doing that like in the sixties. I think that doesn't really work so much now. They do it with drones and electricity, and it actually apparently they've managed to create a rainstorm at one point. But this this wasn't like really not a rain. This was just like raining all out like raining for days so i don't think i'm pretty sure this wasn't like the government hadn't created these clouds but that was kind of the rumor uh, and there was like no there's no check on that right because there's no press going well this is just not true we did some research or oh, it is true we did some research like it was amazing to me how like word of mouth rumor was spreading there and this is another thing I can see happening here in the future because, I mean, I've chronicled throughout this whole podcast basically how the press is failing, that our press is failing, how they can't really co counter PR anymore because, you know, there's m many more people doing uh, propaganda both in, in, in PR for companies and in actual propaganda for the government. Then there's journalists. They're way better paid generally. And, I mean, you can see it in, in the Ukraine war, Um the our ability to actually figure out what was going on is going on has completely collapsed uh western media is completely reliant on um on ukrainian propaganda and i mean it would be different if we also had the russian propaganda then you could kind of that's kind of what i do you know you know what i've been trying to teach everybody listening to the show now for almost three years um, to do it's kind of you look at both sides right and you can like in, even in the worst situation if you don't have propaganda from both sides you can kind of meet in the middle you can kind of you know like a gold digger like in the american west with one of these fucking plates you can just you know you can just slush all the mud off for hours until you have like some little bit of gold right so you can kind of at least come to a approximation of the truth by just looking at all sides but like we can't look at all sides because you know the eu has made a law that you can't watch russia today anymore so all i have well i don't actually have my ways <clears throat> uh but you know as anybody who knows a little bit about technology probably and who's been trained uh for decades by by trying to watch tv shows that you couldn't watch over here um you know over to you know you could pay all this uh, the could buy all the dvd you know what i'm talking about <laughs> anyway um so you know you, you can't really do that anymore and I, I see this also failing here i don't know if it's ever going to be that bad where you, you basically by law you're not allowed to criticize the government um but i mean it has that it's just we do this differently these days right we don't do it uh we don't pass a law Right, but you know, as one example being the Twitter files, we just get everybody in line for somehow um, the, the the whoever doesn't have to be the government, the 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 person who's on the on the side of the issue where you want to cover something up, you just get everybody in line, um, you know, so that they think they do the right thing when they say, "Hey, the Twitter files are bullshit, and Elon Musk is evil." Right, and then everybody believes that, and the mainstream press just runs with that, the light medium, as we say in Germany, and then 
the actual news that you know the FBI was actually manipulating things that like Russiagate was basically bullshit you know all this kind of stuff you know that they just suppressed on to buy a laptop so that just goes away it just gets swamped it's not like we have a law where it says you can't criticize this it's more soft but it I think it works almost it works the same way right because um, because everybody I've met uh, I've talked to in like my normal life basically even in my journalistic life when I go like yeah but here Twitter files and this something too about that I don't know just all bullshit and it's all Elon Musk and it doesn't that that that's completely conspiracy theory and we're like no here this is like kind of the FBI didn't deny that and even then they're like oh he's just you can see they're just turning off right and they're just yeah whatever and it's like he's just crazy because that's just been told by 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 the news you know by the mainstream for just like days on end that this just isn't a thing um, and then people don't, yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it works the same way. Basically the press has also lost, uh, their function. Um, they don't, they're not functioning in, in a society where, you know, they pr- just basically provide entertainment. They don't provide the check checks and balances on the political system that they should. Um, yeah. And what I found very interesting on top of that is that people don't seem to see this happening and they don't even seem to understand the most um, basic like when I talk about these things like I do to you now when I talk to other people like almost everybody I talk to there's a very few exceptions when I was there and I'm, I'm talking largely not native people in Dubai, right? But I'm talking about people we met there at the wedding. Lots of them Germans who came from Germany. Um, and, you know, there, there was always like, oh, can we reach you on WhatsApp? And I was like, no, I don't have WhatsApp. And now, like, um, can you take a few fi- picture, f- pictures? <laughs> I said pictures. <laughs> I just said a German swear word back to I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um can you take a few pictures on your phone? Um, because our phones are shit. Like they have, they have shitty uh, cameras, so I can't take a picture. And then they were like, "Why? Like, where's your? This is not your normal phone." I was like, "No, you know, I'm a journalist. There's some, you know, there's some issues here with like data that's on those phones, and you know, this the situation here." And these people did not understand that, like we're talking about Germans who didn't understand the precautions I was taking. Uh, and I was like, look, um, I mean, there is a, there is an actual issue here. I mean, I've written about, um, you know, the UAE in the past. Um, I've, I've written IT security stories about, especially countries that are uh, allied with the UAE and about, you know, spyware, especially in regards to journalists, um and i was like this is a serious issue and they're like like what's the issue and i'm like okay i cross the border right they put me in a room and say please unlock your phone or we will we won't let you go like what what will i do at this point if i have my actual phone and i can unlock it I, i there's no way i can resist that right so my only protection 
to that is that I don't have my actual phone. And I can just unlock them. I can give them that phone if it leaves my side for an hour and get it back. Once I get home, I can just throw it away, <laughs> you know. Um, if it does anything weird, if anything, you know, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm wiping those phones anyway because uh, the, the Android on there was very out of date and I couldn't get updates because they were very cheap phones. Um, but like, I can't like, you know, that that's like my only protection. I can't have any kind of my password manager on there. I can't have anything signed in there because if they get access to that, you know, they can, they can keep me in a room and get access to all my stuff and get access to my cloud stuff. And like, that is an actual real issue. I mean, it's not, if I was going to Iran, it would be different. It would much, it would be much more, uh, uh, problematic than than Dubai uh, and and especially I mean uh, tur- Turkey as well like you know um, I think um, or other countries you know um, which is weird because I never brought up that argument but afterwards I thought this occurred to me a few days later I thought if I had told them just imagine I was in Russia I was going to Russia then they would have understood the complicate like the the, the precaution I think. Which is like, it's a, just a political thing, I think. People are just like trained uh, that Russia is evil and the FSB can do this thing, these things and they just don't think about that. You know, and I think it's okay. If you're, if you're a private citizen, so to speak, and you're just traveling to another country for a wedding, of course you don't think about these things and you probably shouldn't and it's probably okay. But like at the point where I say, you know, I'm a journalist, this is a professional... Um, I mean, I... I wouldn't be like this even if I was a journalist. If I was a CEO for a company or like a high-level executive for a company, I was probably would be doing the same thing for, you know, not to lose company data, but I don't know. They probably don't. Um, but I, as a journalist, I am kind of like even required by law to keep this data safe. And well, I am. Um, it depends on, you know, I, I don't know how, how what the legal situation were if like you know in Germany I certainly am but if I went to the UAE and it took my phone there I don't know if I would be liable for that in Germany but I don't want to I don't even care right I think at least morally I'm 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 obligated and I've like I also don't want spyware on my phone you know um, yeah but I I found it amazing how people didn't even like didn't even occur to them um, and that's probably like the wor- most worrying thing I think all these um, things that I saw there that, that might be in our future as well um, are mostly so scary because people don't most people aren't, they're just not aware and they let these things happen Right in their daily lives, and they don't think about, you know, civil liberties and these kind of issues. Um, they think about privacy issues sometimes, but largely because they've also been trained. Because you know, because of the GDPR, that was a huge thing in Germany, and they've been sensitized by the press about that. Um, but not like it's just a process, not the specific. It's not the it's not of a, from a rights or a political standpoint, I think. It's not from an ideological um, standpoint. 
and um yeah i, I see i'm 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 worried i'm 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 worried about people walking too much to their lives and not thinking about these things and society's society just changing which in itself isn't bad but i think a huge problem is also um when you um when you call people out on that and when you call attention to these kind of things they're just oh you're just an old zoomer a zoomer boomer whatever <laughs> you're just an old boomer or you're just an old man and that's just like a straw man argument because they don't want to they don't want to actually engage your argument because i think it's um it's uncomfortable right and 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 i mean i will talk about this a little bit more when i talk about the difference between change and progress um because people are just you know when you're against certain changes which it might be legitimate to be against um people will just say well you're against progress and that's not good um and i think we need to teach people the difference between change and progress because if you start seeing if you if you just like um glorify all ki all changes that's that's what i feel is happening people glorify all changes in society as a necessary thing as progress as making everything better and then not realizing that it is not actually making things better i think they will realize with many of these things in a you know in a specific they will see later on how things just got worse and then they start complaining but then it'll be too late um just as we saw with the pandemic you know me other people were very early on calling out things saying this is not the best way to go people are yeah it's going to be fine and then years later suddenly they realize right so so i can remember very early on i was saying yes people have to be safe and you have to look uh, you know out for the health of people but you also have to worry about society and the economy and there were people laughing at me on twitter and 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 in real life saying oh yeah the economy everybody's so worried about the economy uh, the economy these people are now understanding what i was talking about right um at the point where the economy is so fucked that you can't get the stuff you need because all the supply lines are fucked and everything is fucked. Um, well, it's not everything is fucked. But, you know, we're still still living a good life here in Germany. But, you know, things are significantly more expensive. Um, people who don't have that much money have actually serious problems to, to just, you know, get, get along day to day. Um, not even talk about the future and, you know, just having a bit of security for the future. Um, yeah, people are realizing that now. So I think they will then in afterwards. And I think it's important to, I don't know, kind of talk about this beforehand. But yeah, um, that's, um, that's a topic for another episode. Um, let's wrap this up. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, feedback um, that I gotten from producers in regards to uh, my previous episode. So before I went on my adventure, um, I talked about LastPass and uh, the problems LastPass had. And I had some uh, on the forum. I had uh, Necros and Redeemer, so Yevgeny and... Um, Fadi, sorry, I forgot your name there for a second, Fadi. Um, 
who's also from Syria. Um, so he probably uh, could have briefed me and uh, how just how much dancing there would have been at the I, I should have expected should have really I just I was wearing a tux so I didn't really have the right shoes for that much dancing also the tux was very hot um yeah anyway um so uh, they chimed in um they're both um last pass users in the past because I guess all the geeks are because as funny mentions later it's kind of like the um the original password manager. Anyway, I just want to read out what, what they were saying. So Evgeny says, uh, thanks for calling me an insane geek. <laughs> Smiley face. I use KeyPass XC and I sync its database between my devices using ThinkThing. Yeah, um, I mean, totally works, right? But you, you probably know what I mean by that, right? You know that you're not a normal person. Uh, but seriously, thanks for the episode. I was aware of the whole kerfuffle, but I didn't realize it was a backup of unknown age that was exfiltrated. Well, you know, yeah, we don't know when it was exfiltrated, so kind of have to assume the worst. I stopped using LastPass in 2019 and deleted the vault, so I thought I was not affected. You've just prompted me to give my passwords a good revision, especially the old ones, which you know I guess is a good thing. I don't, we don't know, right? But like, I think we have to, we have to assume. Um, Fadi says, uh, thanks for the episode. I am was a LastPass user as well, although it seems that I was not burned as much as you did. My iteration count was a hundred. Well, was it hundred thousand a hundred yeah um so i was i was thinking about this episode i was thinking back maybe i was using LastPass so long that i just had the original one iteration uh maybe it's being paranoid but yeah I, I don't know uh when i first heard of the issue the scope of the, uh, the breach was not known and i didn't feel motivated to change it as the expect or i think he means uh, funny means changing from last path the expectation was that even in the case of a breach tearing to good practices should keep a user safe i still believe that i would not be affected as i have a random randomly generated master password well you know if it's ran- randomly generated you know sufficiently long then you're probably fine well you will be fine i guess you have that password written down right or are you one of those crazy that that would be actually you'd be actually crazy if you i mean there are people who can remember this kind of shit i can barely remember my phone number i have my phone number for years now and it took me like i don't know three four years i just can't remember random shit <laughs> or like a phone number is not even random but i just can't remember anything I can, i'm really good at remembering like faces and words and quotes and shit but like if it's like pseudo random or random or approaching random just random numbers even like years really shit with like remembering i can barely remember when the french revolution was and when uh when when germany like the the, the, the bismarck's uh, reich was founded that's about it um i have to look everything up all the time Anyway, Fadi says, but on further reveals, I also started to lose trust. On one hand, regarding keeping URL data unencrypted and the unjustifiable mess with keeping low iteration numbers here. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, for me, I believe that when LastPass started, it proved state-of-the-art protection and maybe was one of the pioneers to bring password managers to the masses. But obviously, the landscape has changed and it seems that it didn't keep up. So now I'm also making the switch to Bitwarden, which for now seems to be keeping up with the times. Yeah, I mean, this, this seems to be have been the theory of Steve Gibson on security now as well. Um, we actually, back in the day, I think, went to LastPass and met the guy who's coded it and invented it and and had him show him the code base um 
so I believe they just got bought, right? And and he got he got paid out, and he hasn't had anything to do with the product for ages. They just became a company. Um, they became a big company. I think they really pioneered, you know, making password managers usable for people, like putting them in the cloud, really. Um, but you know, like like any like once something like this becomes a big company, it just becomes you know about the bottom line and then they don't care about shit like that anymore which is really weird because um a situation like this can really make or break a company but even though i don't know if netflix uh, netflix what's wrong with my brain today i don't know what happened uh today is like really weird i went bouldering today and i i fell like three meters off the wall because i um you know, bouldering is like this indoor climbing thing. I, 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 and you're not secured. And I, um, I had, I, I had thought I'd grabbed. You have these handholds that you climb along. Right? I, I thought I had grabbed one, and I put my weight on my arm, and I, like in a, in like in a slow mo, like in one of, the, in like a, 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 an anime or something. I just like saw that my hand wasn't attached to a handhold, but I'd already put my weight on it, and then I hang there for like what felt like a second in the end, I fell down. Um, so I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, uh, last was I don't know if they're, um, if they're gonna go bankrupt or whatever, I I, I doubt it. Um, but like, that's, that's what happens. It's weird, like it happens like, it's like gaming companies as well, you know, when you have a small gaming company and they make a really cool game, um, and uh, then they get they get successful and they get big and they get bored, and then it start like in the beginning it's like a passion project for the people working on it, and then it just starts to be a business, and then it just like falls apart. Uh, it's kind of like you know Minecraft when when Notch started Minecraft was like this small thing, and it was very, really focused and you know it had bugs and whatever, but like it, there was it, there was like um, creative. Uh, you could feel a creative direction with with where that was going, and then somebody just got bought by Microsoft. Even before that, got Mojangs got big and then got bought by Microsoft, and now they're just throwing features in. It's like there's no creative direction at all. They're just throwing like, oh, what do we have today? Llamas, fucking goldfish, just just oh, what kind of blocks? Can, what kind of weird materials haven't we got? Oh, let's let's throw copper in there, right? It's like um, it's like that. Uh, uh, kind of weird, but yeah. Um, thanks that that you thought that was a that was a helpful episode. Um, I I will be um, looking forward uh, to see what people um, are saying of uh, of this episode and and what you think. And um, you know, I I realized that this was kind of like me going somewhere where something I never experienced and then just things like thoughts flowing through my brain. Um, and maybe I'm like off base with some of this stuff. Like I would, I would love to to know what you think about this kind of things. But it, I, I went there and it kind of, did, it did feel like to me like this is like not even like a dystopian future because it was really nice there. But like some things are like you know, not being able to kiss my wife in public. That is actually dystopian to me. I was thinking about that under the shower today. I was like, I th- to me that's even like inhuman. That's like really not. I mean, I realize this is where I grown up and my background and my upbringing and everything, and other people live other other lives and have other values. But like to me, that is like dehumanizing. I don't. That's not. I mean, that sounds harsh, 
but like I, I think it's really not not nice. Um it's 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 sad. It's it's sad. It just made me sad. Um Yeah. But uh, that's the way it is. What do you think about it? Let me know. Um private citizen press producer feedback set section. All the information is in there or you click on what's it what's a contact contact link up up at top and uh there are many ways to contact me um so let me know and with that with that we come to the people that keep the show on the road um, which are the people who are subscribed to my Patreon, um, who make this happen, who brought this episode to you. And yeah, to, to, I was, I was going to say to you and me, but kind of didn't, um, you know, they brought it to you. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just happy that people are supporting this. Uh, so I, I, I'd, I'd like to give them credit. So we have, uh, my showrunner here, Sir Gal Taran. Uh, I have to salute because he's a sir, uh, no agenda royalty um and then we have executive producers butterbeans Jaroslav Lichtblau Rizal Sandman 616 thanks to you as well um we have our supervising producers 1i11g Avis Bennett Piata Dave IKN Jackie Plage Jonathan M. Heavy I did it again Jonathan M. Hitai <laughs> Crunkle <laughs> Michael Mull Jensen and uh, Robert Forster And our producers, Andrew Davidson, Astral C, Cam, Captain Eckert, David Potter, Dirk Didi, Fanny Mansour, Florian P. Gorsch, Joe Poser, Michael Small. I don't even know anymore. Mika, Mr. Ramish, RJ Tracy. If I pronounce any of your names wrong, please let me know. And associate producers, Barry Williams. Barry. Good eye, mate. Barry Williams, yeah? <laughs> D. Jonathan, Johan Sunen, Kai Sears, Ricky M., Steve Ose, and Vlad. And I also have to thank Bitemark at bitemark.co.uk, uh, who are providing the hosting and bandwidth for the audio files for the podcast. And uh, they're providing two servers, which I have to reinstall because I got an email from them. Apparently, they are de deprecating their big V. Uh, cloud platform which I've been using like uh, service to service on there for ages and now I have to migrate them to the new platform which I'll be I'll be doing soon so uh, if there is uh, in the future if there's a time when you cannot get the audio files I hope that's just going to be a short time this is probably when I'm switching the server over a uh, service over or when I've just completely fucked everything up um <laughs> It will be my fault. It won't be Bitemarks. Uh, Bitemark.co.uk. I'm, I'm deep, deeply thankful uh, to them for just helping me out here. So thank you. Um, yeah, and that's it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here. It's a Friday. Um, my wife will be coming home soon, and uh, we're planning on watching some TV. I've, I've recently watched through um, Yellowstone, which is an amazing series. I really enjoyed it. One of my favorite shows. I watched the first four, four seasons. Favorite shows in a long time. I'm amazed nobody who knows me said I need to watch that because it's so my show. And I'm, I'm now, uh, we're now starting. Well, she didn't really 
watch a lot of that. Um, more my show, but I'm, I'm trying to get her into um, 1883, which is like the prequel series, which is like an actual western um, where they like kind of cross the Great Plains from Fort Worth to Montana. So I'm looking forward to that. I really enjoyed that show. Man, I had no idea Kevin Costner was this good. I never, um, I do, I, I do enjoy Waterworld. It's one of my, um, guilty pleasures. It's one of my, uh, a movie I really enjoy, even though it's, it's very silly. Um, but I, I'd never known that, you know, Kevin Costner was actually this good an actor, especially in a TV series. I don't know if he'd done any TV before. Um, but it's such a good, it's such a good show. Um, anyway, so we'll, we'll be watching some stuff. So I need to wind this up. And, um, well, um, it has a good soundtrack as well. Um, I had no idea who Ryan Bingham was. So uh, I, I uh, figured out who Ryan Bingham is through this. A really good, uh, nice country. A lot of sad songs. Uh, amazing voice. I really like that guy. Anyway, speaking about music, um, the song you heard at the beginning of the show is called Acoustic Roots by Raul Kabazali which I've licensed by Jumando Music to be this theme song of this uh, podcast. And it's, it's been the song for almost three years now. Uh, it will be three years in the next episode. Uh, but then I've started the tradition of playing us out with a different song every week or when I do a show, which uh, sometimes hasn't been every week. I'm sorry about that. Uh, still trying to rectify that. I'm, I'm giving my best here. Anyway, the song for today is called Some... Uh, lo-fi synth wave kind of uh synthy pop music which i really enjoy it's called songs called katana like the japanese sword and it's by lo five um so uh yeah uh, here's katana by lo five i'll see you again uh on sunday for um the third anniversary the third anniversary of this podcast and because my uh, ability to speak is leaving my body, I'm signing off. Aim to misbehave. Mm-hmm.